This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 368, recorded on August 30th, 2018. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find news, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the Average Guy at TV Studios here in a beautiful, like, top 10 weather mic. Unbelievable. I think Wednesday, right? Here? Yes. Yesterday was perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. I took, actually, I had half the day off, and Anna had the whole day off, and we spent a lot of that outside. It was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Fall is in the air. Husker fever is in the air. Scott yes, Frost is. is our head coach. We're saying it's going to get a little frosty this weekend. Uh, and uh, exciting, exciting. We'll see. We'll, we'll we'll see. We've been down this road with two other coaches in the last decade, and it's been a little less than uh, successful, Mike. But that's Mike's wearing the Husker gear. I should have left my – I had Husker gear on. I should have left it uh, – I, I went home gadgets. You got to represent. Emily was all confused in the I chat know. room during the pre-show. She said, hey, you're not wearing your blue shirt. It's throwing me I off. Know. I said, well, it is the first week of Husker football. I should have worn some Creighton. I should have worn some Creighton gear. I don't yeah. own a single blue thing. Do you not really? And, no, and no. no Creighton gear at all? No, I'm going to have to get a hoodie or something. Okay. I'm going to have to get a hoodie. But anyways, you can catch the show and you can catch the show notes, world-class show notes, each week out at TheAverageGuy.tv. Don't forget, you can join us on our mobile app, easiest way to listen live and on the road if you're doing it that way, homegadgetgeeks.com. We thank our Patreon subscribers for that. They're sponsoring that now, and we appreciate you guys that support us through Patreon. If you haven't decided to do that yet, you can. You can become one of those subscribers, and we appreciate you doing that. Head out to theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon, or just head out to theaverageguy.tv. Look for the Patreon link. Super easy to do. Super easy to sign up for. We've got one and $5 plans if you want to jump in. A couple of you have recently. We appreciate your sponsorship of it. Always nice. Those funds drop into the bank. And then if I need to do new stuff here or we need to do some giveaways or some of those kinds of things, we use those funds for that. So we appreciate Well, in this case, the mobile, I'll be f- fully transparent. Those mobile apps cost a hundred bucks each. So every year I pay 200 bucks. And when you support Patreon, that goes towards it. So just full disclosure on, on the way we do that. And we appreciate your sponsorship of the show. Don't forget rate, subscribe, review, all that stuff that you need to do, whatever platform you're on, get it done so that you get notified whenever there's a new show that's out there. And then don't forget, Mike and I will stay around for a little crypto. Actually, some exciting news in crypto this week. Well, maybe. Is there? I, mean, I think so. A little more positive okay. than well, I don't yeah, know. We'll tease fun. Okay. Uh, we post the, uh, and don't forget, we post the crypto show to the Patreon page. You don't have to pay, but we just put it over there so you get an opportunity to see us over there. TheAverageGuy.tv slash Patreon. All right, Mike. Welcome back. We, um, we Last week, we ditched the backup conversation. I teased it in the very beginning of the show. Kyle Wilcox called me out on it on Facebook. He's like, dude, I listened to the whole show waiting for your backup update. And then I just, at the end, I'm like, yeah, we'll do it next week, whatever. So Mike, you have kind of found, you know, in the backup space, you kind of found a new way or a different way. One I hadn't really worked on or worked with before. And I thought, well, let's talk about it. So give us a little rundown on what you're using, why you're using it, those kinds of things. Yeah. So when I was looking at my backup, I thought, okay, well, for me, a lot of my stuff is already stored in the cloud. So my documents are either in Dropbox or iCloud, both of them. And then all of my photos, because we, you know, Hannah and I both use iPhones, then my Mac is my main computer. That's all backed up to iCloud. So my essentials, my photos, my videos, and all of my documents are backed up to the cloud. So I'm not really worried about 
um, offsite backup for my computer, to be honest. And, you know, all the, a lot of the apps, I have the keys in my email. It wouldn't be detrimental if I were to lose it. But what I do want is I want the ease of um, a clone of my hard drive in case it were to crash. So I could easily just format a new drive, throw the drive in the computer and and be good to go. So my new backup solution is, is essentially, it used to be going to the NAS and then the NAS to the cloud, but now I've kind of eliminated that cloud uh, because you know the cost of that for me, I was like, well, I'm already paying for iCloud and Dropbox. So why would I pay for another cloud service when those are essentially my mission critical documents? And those are, you know, I know that's not backup. It's, it's always, I always got to, that's sync. It's not backup. So if I were to wipe it out, it would go away, but it's, it's good enough for me. And especially because I'm doing the second form of backup. But what I've found is for my Mac, I'm using carbon copy cloner. So if you are a Mac person, this is just drop dead easy. It's the best backup software for Mac. I tried and tried and tried to get used to time machine, but time machine is just so finicky. Um, if you do any Googling or if you've ever even tried to use time machine, it loses its backup all the time. It says, Oh, I got to restart. Sorry. I got to redo that whole thing. And it's got to copy all that data back over. It, it's, it's just not the best. So carbon copy cloner is fantastic. It creates a sparse image, uh, over on your NAS, whatever you want to do. And then it, it just does it. It just, it's just easy. And then, so I wanted to find the same thing for windows and you guys always talked about a Cronus. I know a lot of, I know you and a lot of people are Cronus fans. And so I did try that out and it, it did work great. Uh, on the Mac side, it wasn't as good, but on the windows, it was, it was good, but it cost money. I'm like, okay, is there a free something out there that will work? And I actually found, I'm sure you guys in the windows space have used this too, but it actually works pretty well. If you're just looking for a simple clone, uh, back upper. So just back upper and it's from Aomi tech, AOME uh tech have you had you heard of that one Jim? have you I used have it before? heard of it yeah i have heard of it back in the home server show days yeah. that's that that came up as an option some folks and use. and it's still a pretty powerful option it was fast it does a lot of the things like a cronus does um you know i i did like i said i didn't need anything advanced i just needed to make a clone of the hard drive every so often and throw it on the new unraid box and and that's exactly what it does so uh back upper for windows and carbon copy coner Carbon copy cloner for Mac, all of that going over to the Unraid server. So that new Unraid box allowing me to now do all of my network backups because I have the space again. I was running low on space when I was running it on my R710, but now that I have, uh, I have eight terabytes of usable space. So, so backing up over there and I have ditched the cloud backup for the NAS. Hmm. So I yes. really have no... I have no cloud backups of like my hard drives of my computers. Um, my cloud backup is of my documents and my photos just based on my, my computer. Cause I think a lot of us would find that we're pretty much covered when it yeah. comes to that. Right. Yeah. And it, even if I were to wipe my heart, let's say I deleted all of Dropbox, it deleted it from the cloud. I can go get my backup from my NAS. I can go grab that old clone. So the odds of me deleting everything out of Dropbox and then nuking my Unraid box at the same exact time are pretty rare. And I'm willing to take that risk. So it's worth it for me to save that money. And uh, not to say I wouldn't like it. It ought to be totally transparent. If there was something as simple as Crash Plan was for Unraid now, I would probably just do it. Uh, but there's really not a simple, simple solution and not a all-in-one pay $60 a year and you're good. All of it is, you know, the Backblaze B2 where you're paying 
per gigabyte and then you're paying mm-hmm. per transfer. So uh, if there was a super, super easy solution, I would probably do it, but I didn't find one. And so I thought, you know, I, th- I really thought it through and this works for me. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good one. I've heard of it before. I'm surprised it's still actually hanging around. Just to be honest, it's one of those off the beaten path. that doesn't get talked about this backupper doesn't get talked about a lot. I'm glad it's working for you. I mean, it works great. Interesting to hear how that goes, you know, if that continues to kind of, um, you know, to kind of work for you here in the future. You know, there's really two methodologies, right? One is keep your important documents. The other thing is back up everything so that you can do a bare metal, bare metal reinstall. You know, if something goes wrong, you can kind of put your Windows environment right back. I have found for me, I try to keep Windows 10 just as stripped down to the basic like I don't customize anything. I might change the screen to all black. That's kind of the most customization I get in it. I'd rather customize the cloud apps, the Chrome and some of those kinds of things that are going to pull all that back down. Just I, I sign into them and it just automatically updates. Right. Them, right? Windows has got some of that functionality now as well. So I've kind of been getting away, even though I use a Cronus and I take a Cronus and I have a target locally to the Drobo. So the kind of the functional backup goes to the Drobo. And then I back it up. I back up. And these are a Cronus bare metal backup. So I could do bare metal if I wanted to. And I sent a, a copy over to my IOSafe, right? The fireproof, waterproof server that I have it. It still works. It's great. I don't collect that much data on my desktop. So I can I can store one or two or maybe even three PCs on the IOSafe uh, for, for bare metal if that's what I want to do it. But then, like you, my critical documents go completely over to the Moro data box. And those, that's that one terabyte cached. Everything else lives on Backblaze B2. And so all my documents, I, there's no, there's nothing but video files, audio files, documents, those kinds of things that are over there. And it syncs. It does it, so it, so it does its own job. It keeps them locally. The ones I use all the time, it keeps local. The ones it doesn't, it puts on the B2 server. It keeps, right? It, 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 that's a really good box. I mean, the more I use that thing, the more drop-dead simple that Moro box data is. I mean, it's, it's not cheap. I mean, 500 bucks entry in, it's an expensive NAS. But for one terabyte of local cache and fast on the network, man, that thing works great. And it Mike couldn't be easier to connect to Backblaze B2. I mean, you go there, sign up an account, create a bucket, it gives you a number. You go into the admin console and Moro data, you put it in, it's done. That's, yeah. See, if it was that easy for me, I would totally be doing it. And that, so on that box, I was going to ask you, can you run um, like a Docker? Could you run Plex Media Server on there? Does no. it have any capabilities like that? No, they, for five hundred dollars, that's an ex, it's an expensive box without the functional the, the functionality of like a VM or a Docker yeah. or something like that. Yeah, and full disclosure, right? They gave me that box. Yeah. So just full disclosure, yeah. I didn't pay it's for just it. My, if they opened right. it up a little bit more, I think I would be so on board to spend yeah. the money and grab one. I'm not sure though. I want a Plex container on it because I don't want to push my Plex. And we're going to talk about your Plex setup here in just yeah. a second, but I don't know if I want to. If I want to push my Plex recorded stuff anywhere to the cloud, like I just want yeah, to play, you know, I'm not interested for me. I'm not interested in backing up movies. I'm not interested in backing up TV. If there was a disaster, you know, I've got, uh, I bet we have 300 DVDs that we bought that sit on a shelf out here. All the Avengers, all the Born, all the Mission Impossible, you know, all those things that my kids love. And I love too, and Sarah does. If that collection burnt down, I wouldn't lose 
a minute's worth of sleep about and it. And the same way. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, okay, we, we paid five bucks for them or three bucks or 10 bucks. Sarah always buys them on sale when they first launch or whatever. And I just, I'm not that, I'm just not that concerned. And maybe I need to be more, but we don't watch them that much that it's like, well, okay, then maybe I just go to either Redbox and get the new ones or I don't know, find them on a clearance somewhere I, or, or stream them now. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So even the recorded TV stuff, leave it local, you know? And, and yeah, exactly. And that was my exact point is a lot of the stuff that sits in my own raid box is media server related, which, you know, it wouldn't be the end of the world. The, the way I'm losing that is the house burns down, yeah. right? That's the only way I'm losing that. Yeah. Um, and I'll be happy to have everybody out of the house and I don't care yeah, about my movies. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, my movies. So. I just don't. And I'm not going to spend a, yeah, go ahead. I've got two disc parity on there. So, I mean, I, I've got the backup of, you know, so it's not a thing of hard drives going down. That's redundant. Uh, but yeah, I'm not going to spend the money to back up all of that when all of my other stuff is already backed up. The things I would lose sleep over are photos and videos, right? All the family right. photos and videos. I'm going to lose sleep if I lose all those memories, yeah. but those are all backed up to iCloud. So Yeah. And I, I, Mike, I literally have those sent. Like I've got some on OneDrive. I have some on Google Drive. Uh, I've got some of them pushed over to this, to the, to the, uh, to the Moro data box. I've got like, you know, and I just, they're two, they're double and triple backed up. Yep. Same and, here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mine's in the cloud. It's on a computer and it's on the, I mean, and I have another copy of them on, on the Unraid box. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, Hey, you, you mentioned Plex, you've made some changes. Talk a little bit about those in your own environment, about how you're going to host Plex at your place. Yeah, because we had talked about last week, now that the Unraid box is up and running, you know, if I was thinking about moving Plex over, and originally I had said no, uh, mainly because I didn't, you know, I'd always been worried about power, uh, like the, you know, how beefy of a server you need for it. And I was like, well, running it on on the, that old Optiplex box is working a little bit better. Plus with Windows, I was able to use my USB tuner. And then I got to thinking about it more. I'm like, you know what, let's just give it a test. So I ran it because if you go on YouTube and you really do search, you know, the best Plex servers that everyone recommends either FreeNAS or Unraid. FreeNAS wins usually, but Unraid is like number two for, you know, some of the best servers that you can do for, for Plex. So I started it up and I was super surprised at how well it ran and how much better it ran than it did on the Windows box. And I think it's, you know, when you think about it, Windows has a lot of cruft that's running. You got a lot of extra things that are taking up CPU and RAM and all of the hardware is being utilized by other services for Windows. So when you really strip that all away and you have just a clean version of Unraid or a clean version of FreeNAS, it's amazing how much power it can dedicate to Plex. So that's what I did. I've been super impressed. The only thing I had to give up was the USB tuner, but I actually, uh, you know, I just, I bit the bullet. I, I have that up on eBay and I'm actually, I just bought one of the HD home run extends. Nice. And nice. yeah. And, and that was a, that was a choice though. So when you, if you guys are looking for those tuners, they now have the newer version. So the extend is a newer version. Um, and they think they have a newer version of the smaller one as well, but essentially the first generation of those devices and even some of the current gen, it, the stream was MPEG-2. Well, those files are massive. You're talking like an hour TV show is gigs of data. Uh, but the newer devices can stream in H.264. So it's a much smaller file. Uh, it streams a lot better. So um, if you're streaming it over the internet, if you're connecting to your Plex from outside of your home or even in your home, it just streams a lot better than it did when it was in MPEG-2. So it was kind of two things at once. I got the H.264 upgrade uh, because even the USB tuner was still... 
uh, MPEG-2. So I got the upgrade, and because it's on Unraid, this was the reason I had to do it, mm-hmm. Unraid cannot use those USB tuners because they don't have the drivers, and it's not Windows. So you need a network tuner, which those HD Home Run Extends are, and uh, I'm pretty excited about it. So that'll come this weekend. We'll get that up and running and get everything starting to record again. And, and then we'll be yeah. able to, but it's been working great. I think I was going to, I was going to test it and see how things, how many streams I can get going. But I actually, before I test it, uh, I ordered our, I already ordered a new CPU for it. So I've been doing another upgrade. What's in there now is an i5 2400, which is super old. It's that's from 2010. Uh, it's a quad core. It does. Okay. It, it keeps up. It's not too bad for just an unraid box, but I upgraded just a tad. Not, it's still a super old CPU, but the i7 3770, which is from 2012, quad core um with hyper threading though mm-hmm. so it's the same processor i'm running right now on this podcasting box really yeah and it's yeah. so i mean so it's a great little it's a good great little, good little chip no it's yeah. super cool it runs actually very very cool it handles video very very well i think your transcoding will be done lickety split like, that's what i'm hoping for a little bit upgrade the transcoding how much ram did you put in there there's only four gigs mm-hmm. but it doesn't touch it okay so I have four gigs and I, I monitor it all the time. And even when I am transcoding, it, it still sits at about 33% of RAM being used. Is it so DDR for some reason on that board? Uh, I believe so. I have, I, I, why don't I, why don't I drop these off? This oh my God, be, I would yeah. love you for that. Well, at least four more, I think here. That could get you eight. Well, that, that would get how you many, uh, That's two, two gig each. Two, two gig sticks. Yeah, that's my yeah. problem. I only have two slots, I think. Oh. I got to double check. I think that board only has two slots. No, oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, I've been trying to give these things away. Really? Yeah, well, if my board has four okay. slots, I'll check. check yeah, check it. I'll bring these back. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, I'd like to give them away. I've been giving away. I gave my on-hub router away. I really? Sold the Yeti. My, yeah, well, my son my son needed a router. He just bought a new house. Okay. And he moved in with nothing. Like, he'd been living in an apartment or somebody else's house. And he, has, he really has no – and he's been poor since he got out of college, right? And he just has nothing. And so he was moving in this new house, just really fortunate, uh, uh, moved in with the, the gal he's living with. And so he gets there and he literally has nothing. And I was like, well, hey, I got a router. I got a wireless router. If pretty good one, too. Yeah, pretty good. And for him, he'll love it, you know. And I was like, need some switches or, you know, do you need, a, you know. And so it was fun giving him that stuff because he had nothing. And so it was just kind of fun well, to you know, he, uh, give him give him that stuff. Oh, you got an extra. Does he need a 24-port TP-Link? Because this is what my Cisco switch replaced, and I, I can't find anyone to oh. even take this. Oh, yeah. Well, let me, I'll let so, you know. I'll yeah, let I'll you swap know. you for the RAM. I'll yeah, trade your RAM yeah for, if that uh, works out, that's, that'd be a good trade. For a TP-Link yeah. switch, because I have that no need for it. It's big and it's taking up space. You, um, so you're finding, uh, so uh, are you working in the, in the, with the current Unraid box? Yeah. And the, how many drives do you have in your Roswell um, case now? Because that's, that case is designed Seven. to hold 15, right? Uh, yes. I have, no, I have six. Sorry, I have six and two of those are SSDs. Okay. Which, you, that was my one complaint about the Rosewell is that I had to kind of, they don't have a way to natively support two and a half inch drives. So I had to kind of, I screwed it to the side. Mm. And so it's kind of just, I mean, it's screwed in, but it's hanging there on the right side. Yeah, I see it's Doc. the best. I see Doc has some really inexpensive plastic covers that will convert two and a half to three and a half. See, that's what I should have done. Yeah, no, no, just and you, you still can. You can pick up a few of those and and kind of fit them in there. I, I think they're eight or nine bucks, Mike. Just to be honest, they're super cheap. I should definitely look at that. And that's the best way. I've gotten some some two and a half inch drives that 
um, needed to go in some various spaces that uh, that needed to fit. In fact, they even tried it in the Drobo where it worked out pretty well, where I put a two and a half inch, half inch drive in that three and a half inch closer. Icy Dock is so good at that, and they're actually super reasonable. So give that, give yeah, that a I, look. That's a really good thing. Yeah, I needed something. Just a plastic um, case with a little board on it, and you just you put the thing in there, and you slide it in, and you lock it, and you throw it in there. Not, I mean, they, they might be $15. i am i am not going to. I can't remember. They're not terribly expensive. Um, I hope I'm not lying to you. I might be making that up. But they do have some great plastic cases. Look them up there. I'm looking um, it up right now, and I'm also well, pulling in the... While you're looking it up, while you're looking it up, I'll say on my Plex side, um, you know, I, I have Sarah watching um, Windows Media Center out in the living room, and we've been trying to switch over to the NVIDIA Shield, but I've also been testing Plex and the new Plex Pass and a lot of those, a lot of those things that come with it. And now that I'm kind of winding down a little bit or I'm, I'm putting less load on my burst box, that's a Core i7 from, I don't know, four, four years ago. So it's pretty powerful. 16 gig of RAM in there, man, it'd make a really good flex box. Yeah, it would. So, yeah. So I'm thinking I, I may move that over. I point everything to the Drobo at this point. I do put a single drive in for my Plex, like a like a two terabyte drive. That's just Plex recording. I think it's good to have all that stuff kind of close and local. Right. Movies, once I've, once I've um, transcoded them or done whatever I need to do to them, I can throw the movies on the Drobo and it can stream it just fine. As long as I'm not trying to do anything fancy. Uh, those movies can play off the Drobo just fine. So I may be making, I may be making that switch. So keeping Windows on it? Uh, oh yeah, no, no, I wouldn't change a thing. Cool. Actually, I'm still going to run Burst off of it. I'll just put Plex on it as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, the the Plex load, or I'm sorry, the Burst load right now is not very big, and um, and so, and I don't transcode a lot, and I, we're not even using it very much. So for this point, I'm still. I am keeping Plex like warm and in the oven for a day when Windows Media Center collapses. That's really what I mean. I watch it from time to time, some of those kinds of things, but I'm really waiting for Windows Media Center to collapse so that Sarah goes, Oh, what do we do now? And I'm like, Okay, I have it all figured out. It's all ready to go. I can literally turn it on and have her using it the same day. And I so, think she would like the, the user experience is a lot better, I yeah. think. Yeah. You know, just being well, able to use a remote on, you know, on whatever. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. She likes what she knows. And I I didn't learn this early in my marriage and I should have. I should I just need to let those things run out. Like I don't need to move her into new things until she's ready. Just doesn't yeah. make any sense. So I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting at this point. I'm just I it, it allows me to buy equipment. I've got an Nvidia Shield we don't use very much, but you know what? If I need it, if I got it, it wasn't terribly expensive. I mess with it from time to time. Just works better for me. So that's that's one of those things. I just have a couple things in the ready. So if I need to make a switch, I'm ready to go. I'm always kind of thinking, okay, when's Windows Media Center gonna stop? Syncing Sky Data, <laughs> or when it's when is it going to just going to crap out? And I'll say, hey, tr when it does, I'll be like, well, that's broken. Can you try this and see how she likes it? You know, so right? That's that's kind of what. what and I'm you going you with. said this earlier, but you're also using a HD Home Run, right? I am. I have two. I have two. The yeah. Connect. Uh, the Connect. Yep, the Connect, and uh, what's the other brand? There's there are two different ones. Let me see if I can see. So then, are you converting those after you're done? Are you leaving them in MPEG too? I because leave are, the, the the TV ones. Yeah, just you just leave them alone. I just leave them. Yeah, I don't convert. Okay, I don't convert. But 
Mike, I'm not also, I'm not using it full time and I'm not, it's not like we're using it all the time. I have some recordings going just to kind of test it and see how it's yeah. going and kind of keep it again, keep it on the ready um, for her. But um, I, I'm not using it. Um, I'm not using it full time. Let's see if my. Uh, so that Rosewheel case that I was talking about, it's actually, I'm, I'm kind of uh, sad. It's on sale right now. I, I paid, I think, 120 for it. It's 99 bucks. Oh, wow. So 99 bucks gets you that it's a 15 bay. It has seven fans in it, three in the front, three in the middle, uh, and then uh, one in the back for exhaust. And it, I tell you, those drives stay super cool. I can be at max load on those drives and it's... Put the link to that in the show notes, would you? Yes. Um, I may pick that up this weekend. If it's 99 bucks, that's... I, I kind of want to move... You know, a lot of folks have been asking me, you know, we we know, we don't normally talk crypto. We save that for the post show, but... Let me bring this in kind of as conversation because it's really more about storage than it is about crypto. You know, I purchased the 14 Seagate hard drives. It's been fun. We've been selling them off uh, just because I really want to go internal. I, I don't, you know, I've done, I've always done this thing where I've strapped these USB drives, you know, spaghetti, octopus, whatever you want to call it. And I thought, well, you know, things are winding down. It's a slow time in crypto. It'd be a good time to kind of start converting things over. And so some folks have been asking me, like, why are you selling these drives? And I'm selling them for a hundred bucks, which is a pretty good deal. And um, and I'm like, I just I want to get, I kind of want to build out like ACE that has that has, you know, six or eight terabyte drives in it and gives me some power, gives me some options. Right. I'm I'm with it. So I like your case. I'm probably gonna go with that case. And then I'm just I think I'm just gonna buy a component at a time. Um, and start finding things, just start loading that thing out and start moving as old systems go offline, start moving more of those onto that system uh, and use it that way. So at 99 bucks, it's hard not to. Yeah. The only thing I, I mean, you're going to pay a lot more. The reason they're so cheap is because they're not hot swappable drives. If you want to put, if you want to take a drive in or out of the thing, you've got to take the entire top off of the server case. So, I mean, you're you're paying for convenience when you pay that high price for hot swappable. But, you know, for you, you're going to load it up and you're going to let it sit, right? And for me, I'm going to load it up, I'm going to let it sit. I'm not going to be getting in there and fussing with the drives. But if you are, if you're a person that's always in there adding, swapping, you know, adding drives all the time, you might want to look at, they do have a for you 12 bay hot swappable version, but, you know, it's 240 bucks. So yeah. you really get up there. Cyber Skulls in the chat room says we're better off buying them from Rosewell on eBay. He says I never pay more than $85 shipped directly from really? Rosewell using coupon good. codes. So Cyber, Cyber Skulls, if you'd send those to me. If what you coupon would, codes are we using here? Yeah, let me know what those are. We'll add those to the show notes. Uh, I might be uh, I might be in the market to pick that up. He dropped the link in there. 109 uh, full and then what? How do um? Where do we find the coupon codes for those? If you want to send those over to me or figure out how to get that done, that'd be all right. Well, we'll we'll I'll I'll see if I can track those down. He says they're always listed right in the ad, so I might want to watch. Might want to watch for those. Maybe I'll set a slick deals alert for that, Mike. Been doing a lot of those recently where I've been setting slick deal alerts just to see what's popping up. It's amazing what you yeah. can find on slick deals. Yeah, you got me into that too. So on uh, on eBay right now, I'm seeing for one forty nine. Uh, Cyber schools put a link in the, oh, in the chat, God. which we'll include on uh, here in the in the uh, show notes. 
you want to go out and look. Well, I'll do a little bit of work on Saturday to, oops, that's the wrong one. Um, we'll try and get those in the show notes for you. If you're listening to the recorded version and if you're interested, I, I just, Mike, I just love to get the case kind of a, in, you know, everybody's kind of got their own opinion of what that should be, but um, I'm kind of interested in you doing a, a little more robust server. Yeah. Uh, Windows 10. Well, uh, Mark kind of thinks, Mark Robson kind of thinks this will push me over to Unraid. It's possible. Well, and the great part about that is you could run the VM. Yeah. And then you could just spin, you know, spin up that VM when you want. You have the same hardware, right? Just, uh, I think that would work pretty well. Yeah. So, uh, CyberSchool says, so um, I guess there's a deal. There's an extra 20% off by using the code just relax. And right now, and that brings it down to eighty-seven ninety-nine, and then you can usually get an extra ten or eight or ten percent off uh, on eBay. Is doing eBay bucks, so you want to watch for um, you. You might want to watch for those deals. It looks sold out right now, but you might want to watch for those deals. Kind of if you're, and, and that's like I'm in no hurry, Mike. So right, now, right. right now, so knowing now that like eighty-five is the low water mark, you know, kind of wait. See if I can find one in that eighty-five to to hundred and eighty-five to ninety-nine dollars. We know you can get for a hundred bucks. Hey, look for fifteen dollars. I don't know if I'm going to scrap around that long. Just to be honest, like you, it's ninety-nine bucks on on Amazon. Free shipping, right? Right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right, done. Done deal. Or eighty-five bucks free shipping. I don't know if I'm going to squabble over fifteen bucks for too long. You know. So. Sometimes we, uh, you know, but if I can make it, I mean, if I can make it work, sometimes that's the fun. I, a lot of our listeners, they love the thrill of the kill. Like it's not, it's not necessarily about buying it at the lowest price. It's about buying it at the lowest price. True, That's the whole fun <laughs> part about it. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one thing that the challenge I have, Jim, with that case that I'm wondering, I, I, and I honestly, I haven't done much, re- much research, but yeah. I was going to ask yeah. the community, um, if anyone has found a good CPU cooler that fits in a 4U case. So I was looking at the Be Quiet. Well, the Be Quiet ones are super cheap. I don't need anything too nice. Uh, it, honestly, it's an i7-3770. But do you actually, what kind of cooler do you have on yours? Because it's the same CPU you have. Do you oh, have anything? I have the stock have, one. I just have the stock one that came with it. Stock mm-hmm, one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm using it in a, I've got one of those LAN boxes, you know, the yeah. uh, cyber cooler. Now, is that the right? Uh, that the right brand anyways you know it was meant to it's got handles on the side it's a big square box they're beautiful they were they're beautiful boxes and i i love them is a box they're flat and square so there's plenty of room i mean i've got i have this much headroom on that um on that fan and i have room those gpus are sitting in there and i have an extra fan on top of those seat gpus running down into them gotcha. and it's not even close to the top okay um um is, okay. it, is that case loud? That that was just going to say, it is dead quiet. Oh. Like yeah. whisper quiet. You would think so with those fans. And they're the stock fans. I thought I would have to replace them with like some Noctua fans or something like that. But the stock fans in there, you... you I'm trying to think if I can hear it. My, I have one machine that's louder over there than that one. But I don't... I don't. Yeah, so it's on the bottom there. Um, Jim's showing my rack that I just took a picture of. So nice that, rack. I just wanted to yeah, say that to you. Uh, thanks, man. Nice rack. Yeah, yeah pretty nice <laughs> rack. Uh, yeah, it's down there. It's super quiet. I, I, I would say, I would say dead silent. Hmm. Um, you might hear it if it was right next to you. Then but, what's above uh, it? 
So there's the unraid box and it kind of look from this picture. It looks like it's just really long. Those boxes are super long. Uh, we got a R710, R210 version two above that, which is PF Sense, then the Dell Optiplex, um, and then the keyboard and the monitor. And then up above that's a Cisco 3750G switch, I believe. I'm getting my numbers right. It's the gigabit managed 48 port version. And then the patch panel. It's all that's in there. Rock on. If you've got some suggestions for me on, like, if I'm if I'm going to build a box out like this, send me an email, Jim at the average guy.tv. I would love to hear your suggestions. I'm in no hurry. I do have, I'm flush with cash because I've been selling these hard drives. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, it's, it is burning a little bit of a hole in my pocket. Um, and not that it needs to get reinvested. My daughter just started in school and it was a little more expensive than we anticipated. So, I may funnel some of that into payments, but um, uh, it's, it is one of those things I'm not necessarily thinking I need to go buy one of these. But if you're interested in sending me your recommendations for them, send me an email, jim at guy.tv. Let me know what you think. Price, send me some links. Love to dialogue. Or better than a rack, to be honest. You, well, I've got a pretty good rack. But, the, <laughs> <laughs> the, um, but you're right. I do, I do need to find a rack as well. That's one thing I need to find locally like you did. I need to keep my mm-hmm. eyes open for somebody who's just blowing one of those things out that I can put down here in the basement. Um, Mark Robson says, remember when Mike was only an Apple guy? <laughs> and other Jim goes, those were the days, Mark. That's so true. When we started podcasting, I didn't have a single piece of equipment in my house. That no. wasn't like, Dude, I, <laughs> I, I brought you on here it. to be the Apple guy. <laughs> and you converted me. I had, I had consumer grade router. I had, there was no such thing as a rack and I had all Apple products. Oh, I, I, and now so, look at me. It's this so this my phone and this sole MacBook are the only remaining Apple devices in the it's home. It's so great though. It's so great. It just it's been fun because you've you've made this journey. And not that unless I never intended I like I said, I brought you on here to be the Apple guy. I wanted I wanted the other side. I wanted I I wanted some experience that was outside of the Microsoft ecosystem. And well, there we go. You've 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 been infected by the community, not just me, but uh, all of us out there in the, in what we talked about. Um, also interested. Uh, so I mentioned if you've got a if you have a recommendation for me, send me that email, Jim at the Average Guy TV. You could we could also carry this on in the Facebook group. Many of you have been making the jump over to Facebook, Mike. I've been surprised. I'm yeah. about one or two or three a week now. I'm approving to come into the group. Uh, I don't know where you've been, but welcome. One and two, uh, make some rack recommendations for me in there. I'd love to. And when I think about racks, not the rack itself. I'm going to buy that local. I'm going to find one of those local, but for the server or whatever. I'd like to get more where I could get somewhere in the 10 to 15 um, uh, hard drive space. So let me know, Jim at the average guy.tv. Ryzen's not a bad idea if you want you know, to build a Ryzen-based oh, server. No, right. Actually, right now it'd be a great idea, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, and I was going to go you, new. When you build it, just try Unraid first, do the free trial, see if the VM works for you enough for your... Um, for your burst mining. Cause other than that, you probably don't even touch that machine. Do you, you just let it sit I don't, there. I don't, it sits so it there. Just be yeah. The burst box is really, it's got a dedicated monitor to it that I've got mouse without borders for this box. Uh, I leave the burst pool page open. We'll talk a little bit about that in the post show. There's some changes out there on that. 
as well as the tab before. I don't know why I didn't think about this before, but the tab for the Discord group is there because I don't have to hear it. That Discord group is super loud. I mean, yeah. it's just like, it's like when my cat starts, you know, purring. So um, uh, I don't even hear it anymore. And uh, of course, it's got the miner running on it. So it's all its own dedicated box. And, uh, and I, it works great. But I guess if you did that, you would have to replot because Android's going to wipe all those. So probably not. Well, I could move over. I could move them over. You know, take okay. them from one. Yeah, I could get one started and then just just move them over and, and then wipe them, add them to the pool, add them to the array. Yeah. Go. Something like that. Yeah. It wouldn't be impossible. It wouldn't be bad. No. And you even might as well just point, stick with Windows though. Down to about fifty terabytes. And so, you know, I could I could have that back up running pretty quick. Yeah. Turbo plotter. Anyways, we we're not here. We'll talk a little bit about that in the post show. Um, speaking of that, Mike, this is related to the crypto, but not related. Those you know, I bought fourteen of those eight terabyte Seagate SMR drives. <clears throat> They've been good little drives. I did have one go bad this week. Oh and, really? Yeah, no, it just quit working. I came down here and the the miner was like, "Hey, I can't see this drive." So I did some quick testing in the morning and couldn't get it spinning again. And then uh, I heard it; I could hear it ticking. You know? Tick, 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 oh, tick, interesting. That's never a good sign. Uh, a beep or two in there. So um, I think out of fourteen drives, those cheap SMR drives, I kind of expected to have one or two. Um, logged into the Seagate website. Uh, started an RMA process, created an account, did an RMA process, five minutes. I was done. They have a new drive coming to me. Uh, I took the premier option, which is I prepay. So 12 bucks, they, they send me a drive. They were, they're not available at the moment, but as soon as one becomes available, I'm sure it's going to be a refurb. They send me a new drive. I put it in place. Then I have a week to package up the old one, send it back. Good deal. Yeah. I mean, shipping would have been eight or 10 bucks anyways. And so might as well wait uh, for them. I wish I could get that drive going. I can't. It's dead. It's completely so dead. So on that RMA process, do you have to like provide a receipt or do you just plug in the serial number? Nothing? Serial number based on the data manufacturer. And I think a little bit, I think they do it the data manufacturer plus whatever. Because I bought those drives back uh, back in the spring. They, they must have been fairly new because it was like March of 2019. Is, gotcha. is when it was over. So, and I think I bought those in January or February. So I think maybe they give it a couple months. So it's not exactly 12 months. It's probably like 14. I should have tried that though. Cause I just had a Seagate. It was actually one of the four terabyte, you know, just the, the USB three, the four terabyte, the smaller ones, right? The, the two and a half inch version. And I had one of those that had completely died on me during burst mining, but I, I chucked, I just threw it away. <laughs> yeah. It's like, eh. How old was it? Uh, Less than a year, I know that. Oh, so yeah. I, I just I, I didn't even think about the RMA. Honestly, I was like, oh, yeah. I'm so used to buying used hardware. That one, yeah. all my hard drives though are not used. You know, lawyers so. just flush with cash. Whatever. Yeah, we just just smoking twenty dollar bills. Just no, I've never, <laughs> I've never had uh, you know, I've never had a, I've never had hard drives go bad. So I just totally forgot about the RMA process. Honestly. Well, we'll see how this goes. Like, I don't have the drive yet. It's it's sitting actually right here. So here it is, and okay. uh, and I've got it kind of isolated. It was drive number three, and uh, as soon as the RMA comes for it, I'll put it back in. I may not even replot it. I may just sell it. I may just move it on to the next person that wants it. You know, come, yeah, there you come go. back that way. And uh, and so Seagate. I know a lot of people have had nightmares with Seagate. There's only really two companies, right? Seagate and Western Digital, uh, for the most part. What what we're buying um, from them, those are the two manufacturers. So far, so good. 
So I'm, I'm again, I'm not saying they're great. I'm just saying I, I had a pretty good RMA process and they've streamlined that. Put the serial number in, put the model in, hit submit. Hey, here's your drive. Here's the, here's when the warranty is done. Is it bad? Yes. They didn't make me test it or upload anything. They were just like, there is a disclaimer. They're like, if you send us a good drive, we're going to send it back. That that was kind of what it said in there. Right? Okay. Um, and so uh, there there was a little this a disclaimer in there. So we'll see how it goes. I'm 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 optimistic. It was a, a pretty good experience. Fourteen drives, one going bad so far. Um, uh, not too bad. By the way, if you're listening to this, and a few of you have bought drives from me. Uh, and you're listening to this, I'll just remind you, if it does go bad in the next month or two or three or whatever, maybe even six, you might be able to just RMA that directly with Seagate and use up the rest of the warranty. Then ask where I bought it or when I bought it or the receipt for it or any of those kinds of things. So if you're listening and you bought those, one, thanks for doing that. Two, chances are there's a little bit of warranty left on there. So uh, an added bonus for buying them early. There you go. Mike, in a couple of weeks, three weeks, I think, Aaron Lawrence is coming back. And if you're, listen, uh, community, listen to me. If you're not following or Aaron Lawrence on YouTube, you ought to be. Like, yeah. She's or Facebook. Amazing. She posted all to Facebook too, which is great. Yeah. She's an amazing reviewer and she kind of gets some stuff off the beaten path. And just today, she posted a YouTube video. And you know, I'm big on the robots. And she has a window cleaning robot that literally sucks itself to your window and then what? across the window. Yeah. It just it, goes. Yeah. It just, it sucks itself to the window and then cleans your window for you. Okay. Now, is it the fastest thing in the world? Could you do it faster? Absolutely. Could you? Well, yeah. Cause do, now I got to sit there and put it on the window. Wait, pull it off from the next window. Wait. Yeah, but just like, think about the things you could be doing while you could set it on the window. Washing it probably. That's right. All I'm going to do. <laughs> Oh, Set it on the window. Cool, pretty lights. It does. That's pretty, pretty sweet. <laughs> I could have done 10 minutes ago, but I was watching my new tech go crazy. I, I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of like, I saw this. We're going to talk about it when she comes on in three weeks. Cause she did right. it. And anytime she's on, we got to talk about robots. Cause she's, she seems like they send her all the robots. Yeah, They send her a lot of cool stuff. She did yeah. like home theater chairs. The last time she was on, she's done a lot of cool tech. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, she um, she reviewed this pretty cool, pretty expensive. I'm not sure. It's like 450 bucks. Oh and, wow! Yeah, and I'm thinking, man, I can do a lot of a lot of window washing for four, especially you know my windows. Are, I can hire those kind a lot of window washing for. You snap them out, and you you know you can wash them from the inside, and then put them put them back. Oh, in. you have those kind. I, I am jealous. I do. Yeah, I those do are pretty nice. Those. Yeah, but I would yeah. love to be that guy. Who pulls that window down, <laughs> sticks the thing to it, and then lets it run and go do something else? And then it does from her review, and we'll get her in person when she's here. Um, but a pretty good little review of it, and it does a pretty good job on the window. She had it; she tried it on the floor and a few other things. To it gets confused on tile and some of those some of those other things. But I love this idea; they'll only get better. And I, Mike, yeah. I would love to be able to open the window, stick it to the outside, and walk away. And come That's back true. five like, minutes later. Well, while you're mowing, and like every every pass or too bad, you just notice, and you go pull it, put it on a new window. And the more I think about it, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not so, gonna spend four hundred dollars. I can't remember wow. the last time I've washed my windows. To <laughs> well, be honest. we're moving, and I'm thinking about it because I don't yeah. think we've washed ours ever on yeah, the outside. Yeah, I, I haven't yet. I know that on the inside, yes. On the outside, look. no. Yeah, people look. 
And so I'm just kind of thinking, oh, I'm probably that that job is probably going to fall on me. I wouldn't mind having a little robot that would that would wash my windows for me. So I was thinking, Mark Robson is reminding me. It seems like Aaron always precedes the big barbecue show. So the next week, we're doing the big uh, barbecue and grill show. So Mark and Mike will be coming on. Mark, Mike, and Mike will be coming on for the grilling show. So we're looking forward to to that as well. Uh, also from the chat room, uh, Tajoski also mentioned. I mentioned Western Digital and uh, Seagate, and then of course he mentions HGST which I think owns Western Digital right. at this point. Uh, but you can get those HGST drives. Those are kind of your white label uh, hard drives that you can get. You can find those pretty inexpensive. That's that, that, There's some really good deals on those, especially on eBay. You can find those. Right now, you can find like three terabyte drives for 50 bucks. So if you need some storage, but you don't need eight terabyte drives at this point, three terabytes kind of the sweet spot, sweet spot for about 50 bucks. Those HGST drives uh, work really well uh, for that kind of space. eBay is a great place to pick up those. I I think I purchased six of those three terabyte drives back oh, in the wow. day. And they've, they've just been rock solid. Yeah, the intention was, um, I probably, I bought three Western Digital Reds for the Drobo. And then I bought three of the HGST drives for burst mining. That's okay. what I did. And I ended up putting them all in burst <laughs> in the day and, and filling the Drobo up with whatever I had left over. Cause I was just trying to get everything deployed to burst, but, uh, uh, some, pr- some pretty good, um, drives. That's the other thing I like about Unraid too, is that, you know, if, if you can't afford the red drives or, you know, the specific NAS drives, it's not a big deal because it spins them down most of the time. And Unraid stores the entire file on one disk. So if you're accessing files, usually you're only spinning up one disk and then it'll spin it back down. So you're not, you know, you don't need NAS rated drives specifically. If you're not, if it's not going to be up and running a lot. Now, if you're running a uh, Unraid box that's being used all the time, then it's a little bit different. But uh, the way that Unraid does it, you you could get away with a lot of green, blues, you know, those sort of drives and, and probably be just fine. Yeah. Well, I intended, I bought the reds with the intention of, regardless of where burst went, I was going to take the reds and move them into the Drobo as I filled up the Drobo. So that was the goal. So today they're sitting somewhere in my network. I'm not sure where they're at. I have to open up. (laughs) They're somewhere here. They're somewhere around there. I have to open up, take a look and see where things are at. But the intention was, as I get more data on the Drobo, then I would fill, I would like pull those three, those three terabyte uh, reds over. Because man, there's that's like peanut butter and jelly. The reds in the Drobo are just super sweet, and it really likes those drives. Um, and so it just keeps uh, keeps humming along. Mike also in the chat room, or I'm I'm sorry, also in Facebook this week. Ryan uh, Kirshner had put dropped a blast from the past. Uh, one of his coworkers had found an old newspaper stashed away and brought it into work. Um, I forget what date this was from, but it has a TRS eighty. $4,000. Come and get your, you're invited to come see the new TRS-80 Model 12, 30, $39.99. I forgot how expensive, you missed all this, because by the time you were buying computers, the the bottom had come out of the PC market and in, and in the Mac market, they had gotten pretty reasonable. Um, yeah. But I had forgot just how expensive uh, Ryan loaded pictures to it in there, but 80K of internal memory, 100, uh, a 1.25 meg 
uh, a disk drive, expanded floppies in there, eight programmable function keys. Like this thing did nothing <laughs> by today's standards, you know, four thousand uh, dollars. Which what would that be today? Even I can't like, even. Yeah. No, Seven, and I, I want to think this is like 1980. I don't think it is. I'd have to look um, on the picture to well, see. So when. I wish that my I wish my mom had been. Uh, so my mom was is a graphic designer, um, and she was when I was a kid. She did a lot of that. So we were on the Mac side. So like in my years when I knew what I was doing with the computer, like when I was super young, I remember some old computers that we had. But when I was old enough to actually use a computer and know, do you remember the old Mac that was a they called it the lampshade? Or like the lamp Mac, uh-huh. it had yeah, yeah. an arm, and you could move it all around, and so that is the Mac I grew up on, like actually using uh, when I was probably in middle school, aged. Uh, I wish I knew what the equivalent. I should just look it up. I should look up what year that was made, and, and you could tell me like what the equivalent Windows machine was back in the day. Yeah, if you could tell me the that. year, because yeah. my dad would bring home an extra laptop from work, and we would. Uh, play games over a LAN, you know, and I thought that was like the coolest thing ever that you could hook up two computers. And that was like my intro to, uh, to gaming really. Cause I didn't have an, I, I wasn't, no, you know, I didn't have a gaming system back then uh, besides an N64. So yeah, that was, that was but, but it, it had to be pretty advanced, right? Because my dad was bringing home an extra laptop to play a video game connected by a LAN and it was like battle bots. It was like a pretty sophisticated graphic intensive game. So it couldn't have been too crazy. Yeah. In the same paper, they've got the... Uh, right, Windows the, 98, 95. It could have been. could have been in those years. They have an Atari 20... Is that a 2500? For 100 bucks. And it it's the old, you know, the old cartridges, right? Yeah. And then and then jam those things in there. Oh, put a pencil in there. <laughs> you got to put a pencil. All these different ways. Why they couldn't have made that better. That was a little more reasonable, right? Those were those were 100 bucks. Um. Trying to get the year from the chat room uh, on this TRS-80. Um, Cyberskull says that was Windows ME back then. Hello, ME. That would have been turned as, you know at the turn of the century, right? They came up the Millennium Edition ME. That's what that stood for. It was. It oh, was really? Yeah. You, did you know that? Yeah. Windows was Windows ME uh, had today. It has it had about. So that would have been right right at two thousand. Right at two thousand. Yeah, okay. Ninety nine two thousand. Right. Um, early eighties, I guess for the, for the TRS 80, um, the, yeah, the, the ME version was lived about as long as windows eight did. It was not loved. Nobody liked it. It didn't game very well. It was, it was kind of a mess. They were trying to rebrand in there. So it must've um, been then it must've been windows 2000 or windows 98 that I was playing on because my middle school years would have been jeez. 2001 to 2005 essentially right around there yeah. well no so maybe it was it could have been me yeah but what, what would a in uh windows me wasn't used in the industry right it wasn't enterprise no never it never it it so it enterprise was, would have been windows 2000 that's what i probably would have been on yeah. was windows 2000 yeah. yeah 2000 was a predecessor to nt yep it might yeah. have been nt i remember yeah. i remember messing around on nt yeah, not, you know, yeah. so 95 and NT were separate, and then 95 went to, through 98, and then Windows NT became Windows 2000. ME was an attempt to pull them together, but it never really worked very well. Okay. Um, they really, they really, really struggled with that. Um, and, you know, those were some interesting years. 
that stuff was just difficult and terrible computing. You know, you think about what we have now. We just, right. the, st- the stuff we do now, this is always what I've hoped for. And we just suffered through those years to get to this point where the technology is actually really functional. It'll actually do something for you now. Back in those days, it was questionable if it did anything for you, to be honest. Some word processing, a little bit of networking. It's amazing we made it through those times, just to be honest. That stuff was crap. It's so surprising that, you know, if you think through um, what shocks you in technology, it's kind of weird. Each person has their own thing. Still, to me, to this day, I am just for some reason baffled that we can video chat in real time and how low latency this can be. Like the fact that, you know, how low latency video chat is in HD is just shocking to me. Of all the technology, like VR, eh. (laughs) <laughs> that's i mean that seems normal but video chatting in real time to me for some reason that has always blown my mind yeah, so pretty, that since it great. since it started and it became a thing it's pretty great because i that was one thing i was uh i was i did go through the generation of not having video chat to having video chat and seeing all the iterations of how bad it was at the beginning and then how decent it's become mm-hmm. it's it's crazy well i remember when you could get video on aim i think it was aim instant message yeah, one of it those was. two and yep. I would try to get people to video chat with me and nobody wanted to do it. I'm not talking strangers. I'm talking friends like, Hey, you want a video? This, like, this works. And I no, I don't, no, I don't want to, I'm not interested. And you're like, right. wait, I mean, the internet was in, was at that time for us was unlimited. So it's not like it was a bandwidth thing. And, you know, I'd be like, Hey, we could talk video. No, no, I don't want to do it. And, and I'm surprised today. There's still a number of podcasters who don't want to use video. You know, and you're like, wow, yeah. there's so much power in this. Well, and it's kind of become a standard. Like, I, yeah. uh, my boys FaceTime Hannah's parents probably every other night. It's usually right around dinner time, and you know, just for five minutes, just to say hi. Yeah. You know, hey, 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 Momo. He he loves saying he loves talking to Grandma. You know, and then they talk, and he's just used to it. Yeah. He grabs the phone, and he thinks that that's just how the world operates. Is he can call anyone and just see him. Just video uh, in, yeah. in five minutes. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, hey, let's yeah. just call. Um, you know, we may get back to a generation that just calls. Today, we all ask for permission anymore. Like, we used to just call when it was just a cell, when it was just a telephone, right? Four cell phones. People just called each other. They didn't ask for permission. Hey, you going to be around? They called the house to see if you were there. Today, I find people, they'll text before they call. Hey, you got a few minutes? Yeah. And then, oh, and then oh. they say, yes, then they'll call or sure. they'll just have the conversation via text. But I am finding the kids, the younger, the real young ones are inclined. They, they just, they're like, why would you do that? Let's just talk. Yeah. You know? And so it's just so much easier. Um, and uh, you know. on, on the, so this is, I've never had an Android phone um, on Android. You're not an Android guy either, but I guess your wife is, mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. is uh, Hangouts as built into the OS as yeah. FaceTime is on on Apple. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think it is. No. FaceTime is just so simple, right? You just click yeah. it, FaceTime, like it's, it just yeah. starts. It's like, it's like a call. It's as easy, if not easier than a phone call. Yeah. No, you just so. click it, say FaceTime, boom, you're in. Yeah. And, yeah. It works great. And you can even have FaceTime be the, uh, like in your favorites on your iPhone, you could have FaceTime be a favorite instead of their phone number. It's yeah. super simple, but yeah. Hangouts isn't as integrated. So I think especially on the iPhone, if you are in an iPhone ecosystem and you and your friends are, FaceTime is just a, a normal thing. Nick Sops in the chat says, I feel like if it's an important, I just call, uh, just text means not as important and it can be answered later. Yeah, no, it's weird. We have these hierarchies of importance on calls like, eh, you can answer this later or 
you can answer it now. One of the problems is yeah. I get so many alerts and I really need to shut everything off except phone calls. And I really need to spend some time letting all my family calls actually tell me. Now I've been, I, I jumped back onto, um, uh, onto my Fitbit and okay. I get notifications on my Fitbit and I forget how handy this is, Mike, to have it on the watch. Like, oh, I can't live without it. All I can get is notifications. I can't see anything, right? But I can get notifications. And I can see if Sarah's calling me or I can see if it's one of the kids uh, because I don't, I don't vibrate and I don't, I have my phone makes no noise and that drives my family bonkers that they can't get a hold of me. Like you have a thousand dollar device in your pocket and we can't get a hold of you. Like what is wrong with you? You moron. So Uh, I'm probably about the same way. Everyone always says I'm the worst answering my phone. Yeah. But um, well, um, I'd love to hear some more nostalgia, by the way, that our group is good for this on Facebook. So if you're facebook.com slash group slash the average guy, something like that, uh, gets you there. Link is, uh, links on the, on the, uh, the average nostalgia. Guy TV, if you need it's my it. but, favorite. Yeah. Post more of these. I, I, I love these. Mike, before we run out of here, uh, interesting story coming in from, of course, you know, I'm a big space guy. I follow space.com. I get alerts all the time. Uh, Elon has his new rocket nose catcher which sounds kind of funny. They call it Mr. Steven. He comes up with the craziest names. And you've got to see the picture if you haven't seen it yet. Because when you posted this to the Facebook group, I was like, okay, that, I I didn't know what it was. And it made me read the story. Because I was like, what is that? Let me me show this thing here. Pretty cool. Yeah. So if you're watching the video, you can see it now. It is a big, gigantic boat. It literally just has a big net on it. And they're just catching these things. Here's the amazing things. It's falling from space it is a nose cone or two pieces of a nose cone right it is literally falling from space and they put thrusters they have holy cow i cannot get my my notifications to stop um they have put thrusters these nitro nitrogen i think thrusters in there that help guide it in and then they they bring in and it doesn't do the rocket thing where it comes in and then you know um where it comes in and makes a perfect landing. No, this thing comes flying in from the atmosphere and they try to slow it down a little bit before it hits these nets. And but you know how accurate that has to be because that barge isn't moving very fast. Like, you know, that ship right there is not like, oh, got to go run over here real quick to catch this thing. So they've got to have it down to a pretty close calculation of where this thing's going to land. Or are those thrusters doing a lot to adjust where it can land? I think they are. Okay. I think they're doing just enough. So they could- Good. Okay. Yeah, and I think it has some parachutes too. Okay, not coming in hot. You know, so, <laughs> it, it. But but think of the math associated with. Okay, it's going to space. It's coming off a rocket. It's coming back. It launches a parachute and it hits the net. Now, to be fair, they haven't actually successfully done this yet. Like they, <laughs> but in theory, it's really <laughs> impressive. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the funny thing. Like yeah. they have spent all this money and they have yet to really hit one of these nose cones into the, into the catcher's net. But it is, um, for me, I love the audacity of them trying this. Like to mm-hmm. me, this is all the cool things. These are all the super cool ideas we would have come up with when we were seven, you know, and been like, Hey, imagine if we had this big, big ass ship. And it had a big ass net on it. And we're going to fly this thing into space. And then uh-huh. we're going to bring it back. And through parachutes and math, we're going to catch it. Like, 
in the sixties. They didn't think this perfect way way to describe Elon. Like take the creativity of a seven-year-old with the pocketbook of a billionaire playboy, and and you've got Elon Musk. Like he's got the creativity, he's got the brains, a little bit of the engineer, and he's got the pocketbook, and he, you know, yeah, no, right on. So in the the sixties, the engineers were like, "This is too hard. It's just going to land in the ocean, and you're going to spend a million dollars, and it's not going to be able to be used again." That's what they said in the sixties. Now they were in a hurry. To be honest, yeah, they were that, trying to be probably them. a good point when you when you're not them. rushed, and so <laughs> they were just doing whatever it took to get that you know to get that stuff into space and to beat the Russians. But um, you know, in this, I, I I love this, and you know, Elon's come under a ton of fire re- recently, and I know he's not the most dynamic personality, but you gotta love the audacity yeah. of him trying to catch a freaking nose cone. Totally like, agree. Uh, to me, that's pretty awesome. I, I just, I'm, I'm super intrigued by what they're doing, and not just what they're what they're doing, but what the other space programs. There's a couple other private ones as well, who are trying to make this thing work. And you know, as a kid, it always was weird to me that space was just locked up by NASA. And how cool and is it's it? Not. It's not. Yeah. yeah. How cool is it that we've got some of these billionaire moguls uh, trying to make this thing work for the for the average guy, so to speak. And they're really trying some some very crazy, hard-to-do things. The greatest part about it is most of it's failed so far. Like, you know, this landing, the rocket thing, as it, they've had more crashes than they've had landing, right? But they just keep trying. They're going to yeah. get it. Yeah. yeah. Well, so the, the last funny story about this is I got the notification that you had posted something, and I clicked it. And I think you had, you had said something... But you didn't mention space. You said like, mm. wow, this is just so inspiring or so cool. Yeah. I saw the picture and in my head, I was at work and I couldn't read the article. I'm trying to like, you're, you're, you formulate what the article is going to be. And I'm like, oh, it's probably like a suicide prevention, like barge. They park this under bridges and it catches people like in, <laughs> so, so that people can't prevent, like commit suicide. I, in my head, that was the story I had come up with for what that uh, picture of that was. So when I read the article, imagine my surprise. I was like, Oh, that's not catching people. That's catching rockets coming from space. That's way cooler. I mean, it's cool to prevent suicide too, but yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. Oh, right on. But uh, right on. that was the that was in my head, so I thought that barge was going to do before I read the article. Yeah, super cool, super cool stuff. Mm-hmm. I just I love what's going on right now. You know, with space, I you know some of the stuff we're doing financially as a country and the world is doing i don't know if it's sustainable we we live in a really good time where money flows especially for these kinds of things and you know the US economy is strong that's not the truth in uh, other countries around the world there's a lot of countries right now the whose economies are really really bad if we think of Argentina Venezuela right. Brazil right i mean we we've got some real problems around the world and this might be the the rich getting richer, but I, I do like to see that some of these billionaires are putting money and, you know, Elon's spending. I mean, this isn't, there's no guaranteed return on any of no. this stuff. And, uh, you know, you talk about putting, they put those D9s or, or what was that what it was called? Uh, it's like a $900 million rocket or something like that. And you think, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. You know, and um, even at $90 million, uh, you think, because that's, I think, where they're trying to get it down in this between 50 and 100 million. That's kind of the goal. Okay. 50 and 100 million dollar launch. Something like that. And um, in the next 10 years or something. And you still think, dang, that's still a lot of money. Like, and these guys are spending it 
This is coming out of their company stuff. And I'm, again, it, it's not philanthropy. They're not doing us the goodness of the heart. These guys are trying to make money out of this. Don't get me wrong. But it's cool, I think, that we're trying to get this space thing figured out. So I wish the space thing, um, you know, we've talked about this at nauseum in past episodes. I wish the space thing was more popular with people of my generation. I think people, and I think I just missed it. I wasn't quite old enough to be a kid during the time when we were landing on the moon and all that stuff where it was like super exciting. So you just, you know, as a kid, I didn't go through the experience of seeing that and having it be some really cool experience. So uh, I feel like my whole generation has missed out on how cool and how advanced this stuff really is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we're, you know, whenever, when, if you ask someone from my generation about Elon Musk, they're going to, they're going to mention Tesla first hands down They're in the, SpaceX. They might not have even have heard of it. So I, I wish they got more clout for what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Well, the, the, and maybe that's good, Mike, that it's not a, you know, in the sixties when we were going to the moon, everybody was following. Was attention. And so yeah, you're probably right. You know, and, and maybe it's good. Maybe it's a good sign of the Give times. Breathing that, room a little bit to kind of have all these failures and not have them be not the totally. end of SpaceX when they fail. Yeah. If the U.S. government was doing this and they were crashing these rockets more times than they point. were successful, there would there would be an outcry in the in the public. Like, come on, you're, we're wasting taxpayer dollars. And yeah, um, good point. You know, so it, it, it is good. I think in some ways it's good. This is way more complicated than what we're talking about, but it is good that the public sector, I think, is kind of taking on space or the responsibilities for space. Yeah. You know, they're talking about having a space hotel within a year or two. And you're kind of thinking, seriously? Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They really think they can That's have that up cool. and running. So, so, uh, so pretty cool. Well, we'll, um, we'll spend a little bit of time in crypto in the post show. But uh, for those of you who joined us live, uh, appreciate it. good good crowd out here by the way yeah some, really some, good chat this is the yeah. most people i think we've had in chat in a while no it is good for all of, of you uh quasi and ken and drashna mark emily uh Tijoski. i haven't seen you in a while welcome back good to see you justin cyber skulls tony uh other jim cybermancer kevin uh, uh nick sops was out here a little bit earlier coming over from the from the um discord group for the pool, we'll talk a little bit about some changes going on in the burst pool and some other stuff, the other things that are happening. I got a little commentary on burst that I'll have ready for you. If you stay around for the post show, uh, you don't, uh, you can get the post show by heading out to our Patreon page. If you go to the average slash Patreon or just head out to the average There's a Patreon link. I actually updated all the ways to subscribe to us, by the way, including I am now I'm two for two in the last two weeks of getting a newsletter out to you. It's really just a link and a reminder that the show is out there. But if you have some suggestions, some things you like to see in that, I've been trying to post some deals or whatever in that. If you like to see it, there's, I don't know, 65 or 70 of you who actually open that. If you want to get signed up for it, head out to the average guy.tv, click on the newsletter link, and there's a sign up for it right there. I will not spam you. I will not sell your address. I barely send you email from me just to be honest. But if uh, if you want to get signed up there, you can do that as well. A couple other reminders um, to you. So get signed up for the newsletter. One, if you want to send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv. Follow me on Twitter at Jay Collison. Mike is at Uyghur Tech. You can do that as well. I talked about following us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash group slash theaverageguy. Don't forget the theaverageguy.tv platform, both web and media hosting. The whole shebang hosted by Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. And a plan start as little. You can get the whole shebang for 10 bucks a month. Super good deal We because we know Christian 
head out to maplegrovepartners.com if you're looking to set something up. He is a stand-up guy. And then don't forget, uh, the mobile app's available for you. It's free. Our Patreon subscribers help me pay for that. And so if you're supporting us on Patreon, you're now helping support the mobile app. Get that at homegadgetgeeks.com. Easiest way to get it done, download it, have it available. Really, just download it on your phone so you have it. You don't have to use it. It doesn't download anything, by the way. It's all streaming. But that way, if you're on the road sometime and you want to listen or you're in a place like Cybermancer was in a hospital and they blocked YouTube, you could have listened to us. I think he probably ended up listening to us through the Spreaker app on the page, but it might have been just as easy to listen on the phone. So you can get that uh, You can get that done as well. Mark Robson has asked, when are you going to put the schedule back in the emails? That's a good idea. That's, so, that's a good point. I, I actually enjoyed that. No, really okay. Like that. Done. Yeah. Done. We'll start putting that back in. So if you want to know what's coming up, whether it's just Mike and I, we have a whole bunch of guests coming up here. Um, I booked, I don't know why, but all of a sudden a whole bunch of people oh, got booked in there. So I mentioned on the 20th, so September 20th, Aaron Lawrence is coming back. The 27th is the big barbecue show. You want to be here for that. The, tw- the 4th of October, Rich Hay is coming back to talk about Ignite. So we're gonna, it'll be an all-window show that time. The 11th, uh, Dwayne Robinson's got some stuff to chat with. He contacted me and said, hey, can I come back on? I said, yes. And then on the 18th, Emily Prokop is coming back on. So she'll she'll be here. She's uh, We may even be supporting some Story Behind shirts for that, Mike. Yes. They're, they're on their way. So Pretty excited I'll, about that. I'll add those dates back in, uh, Mark. Good, good idea. I'll send those back in so folks know. What is going on? And Cybermancer says he's streaming YouTube from his phone. Like, that's a miracle. Like, you know, video to a phone. Like, we just take that for granted. Like, yeah, that should work. And then he's not that far behind. Like, the fact that you and I are streaming that live. Yeah. Right. No, it's pretty cool. So get signed up for the newsletter. Don't forget, I still have a bunch of HelloFresh. I get them every week. We just got another box this week. And if you want to try HelloFresh, a couple of you contacted me and said, give it a try. I can get you basically your first week for free. Guys, they don't sponsor and I don't get anything for this. I'm just saying HelloFresh has changed the way we eat. And I like it so much. Tonight, I cook dinner. I had a podcast tonight, Mike. And I got home at 530. I still got dinner done. I still had it. In the wine, the the wine fiasco that we talked about in the beginning of the show, that all happened as I was cooking dinner. So if I can do it, you can too. If you're struggling with your meals, I'm just saying this, like, because we did, we struggled with something good to eat, like, and we always just punted by going out, like, ah, oh, let's just go get pizza, or let's just go get, you know, let's just go get Chinese. And um, and this HelloFresh is not any more expensive than going out. In fact, in some cases, it's a little bit cheaper. But it's, they send you a box. It's right there. They send it to you. God, it's so great. So contact me, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. I've got these coupons for free stuff. I send them to you. You sign up. You try it for a week. If you don't like it, you cancel. But I, I, I again, I make nothing off this. They're not even a sponsor. I'm just saying. You should give it a try. Mike, you were going to say something? Nope. Okay. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central. I am less drunk today, right now, than I was when we started the show. <laughs> That's super always a good funny. way to end. It's always a good way. We're sober at we're this start point. drinking again, man. I know. I'm going to need to. You and I are, you and I are this, the graph that goes like this, right? You're on your way oh down. I'm on my way up. That's I was how so hammered when we started tonight. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Not intended, but it's just the way it works. 
We're live every okay. Thursday. I have to go back and listen to how my intro sounded. I think I, was... I think it was pretty good. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, I've done it. I like you're fine. It was actually, you've been struggling with your intro the past few weeks. You, we, you know, so I think actually this week was the best. So. Good. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Yeah. It was pretty well, good. Maybe I should be hammered before the show a little more often. Maybe at least he's being up. But we are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central and Eastern. We'll uh, here at theaverageguy.tv slash live. We will uh, ask you to stay around for a little post show. It's all crypto. With that, we'll say goodnight, everybody.